Gerhard Muller joins me on episode 59. Gerhard is the product manager for Hona Harmonicas, a role that he has held for 28 years. His father worked as a gardener at the Hona factory in Trossingen, and as well as getting his son harmonica lessons, he even had a hand in helping Gerhard land his dream job at Hona. Gerhard talks us through the fascinating history of Hona and how it was established as the leading harmonica brand in the world, having sold over 1 billion harmonicas since the company began. Gerhard tells us all about Hona's harmonica offerings as well as some of the accessories offered and the yearly events hosted in Trossingen. Gerhard is also a fine chromatic player himself, having been part of the Hona Klang Orchestra in Trossingen for over 25 years. He also regularly performs in his harmonica quartet, Harmonica Mento. So, hello, Gerhard Muller, and welcome to the podcast. Neil, thank you so much for the invitation. So, you are the product manager for Hohner Harmonicas in Germany. That's true, yes. I've doing this job for many, many years already. Great. So, when did you start this role? I'm an old guy already. <laughs> no, not too old, yes. I'm right now, I will get uh, 57 years. Uh, I started my uh, career at the Hohner Companies, and this was in 1984. So, this year, there will be the 38th year of uh, as a member of the Hohner staff. And I start my career of course as a kind of what businessman and then as I'm a harmonica player myself I then went to the product management of Hona and this is already many many years before I think this year could be 27 28 years of product management for Hona harmonica wow so uh, yeah a long history there and is it right that your father also worked at the Hona factory yeah that's true <laughs> my father he was a gardener you know the Hona company I mean they had uh, this was a family owned uh, company and all all the sons of uh, the, the founder, Matthias Hohner, they have big houses here in, in Trossingen and in the era around Trossingen. And my father was the gardener. So he prepared all the, the surroundings of these nice villas and, of course, also the surrounding of the Hohner company itself. My father worked at the company also around 30 years. But, uh, yes, that's true. I have a long family experience with the Hohner company here in Trossingen. But he didn't influence you getting getting the job at Hohner yourself? To be honest, he did, yeah. <laughs> Because I really was on the search. So what should I do after my school? I'm born in Trossingen. And then, of course, Hona is still one of the biggest factories. And I was also influenced, definitely. You start playing a musical instrument of Honor when you are in school. And I start playing the harmonica because my father also played the harmonica when he was young. He played in an orchestra. I did the same thing. I started playing the harmonica already in the age of seven years. I went to school and everybody played a music instrument from Hona, either the harmonica or the accordion or the melodica. Some of them are also playing the recorders from Hona. Fantastic. So it's probably worth at this point just touching on some of the history of Hona. So I believe that uh, Matthias Hona founded the factory there in Trossingen in, in 1857. Right. Was it originally for harmonicas or was it accordions or both? No, he started his business with his harmonicas. So his sons, he had five sons and they implemented the accordion in 1902, I'm not sure about this date exactly, but uh, the sons, they implemented the accordions to the business of Hona. Matthias Hona, he started his business definitely with, with uh, harmonicas in 1857. So obviously Hona is a, a really critical part of the, of the history of the harmonica and a lot of people obviously associate the Marine Band with 
being the iconic harmonica, certainly the iconic diatonic harmonica, and all the blues players used to play marine bands. Do you know, how did Hona get into this position to, uh, you know, sort of become the, the harmonica of choice back then? If you go to Trussingen, we also have the, the biggest uh, harmonica museum here. It's a really a fantastic exhibition. And there, of course, you also can check out the history of Honor, but also all the other brands, especially located here in Trussingen. Honor was not the only manufacturer at the period when the company was established. There were several other harmonica manufacturers. There was a company called Weiss and Messner and Koch. And Honor himself, Matthias Honor, he had a good friend, and this was uh, Christian Messner. And Christian Messner was already producing harmonicas before Honor in Trussingen. And they were good friends. And Ho Matthias Honor, he very often went over to Christian Messner and asked him, well, what are you doing? Oh, here I'm just preparing uh, harmonicas. Oh, that's interesting. How does it work? Then he figured out how Christian Messner did the harmonicas. So he was more or less, Matthias Honor was more or less a kind of spy. And he checked out how is Christian Messner doing uh, his harmonicas. And then he started himself the business and started preparing the harmonicas and found out, oh, wow, there's a really a big business I can do afterwards depending how to produce the harmonicas. And uh, Christian Messner, he was the guy who made the harmonicas, a lot of handcrafting things, which is still here also in the company today. But uh, Matthias Honor, he found out, well, he should do it a little more easy with more specialized machines to produce harmonicas even faster and of course and even uh, less expensive. And then he grabbed more and more market share because he produced very high-class uh, harmonicas and to a lower price level, like all the other competitors in Trussing, Messner, Koch, Weiss. So after the period of time, Messner, he bought Koch, he bought Weiss. So he was uh, the only one who's producing uh, high quality harmonicas in Trussing. And so this was how Matthias Hohner started his business. So wh why is it that Germany has become a, such a central place for uh, manufacturing harmonicas? Obviously, I, I talked to Seidel in the last episode and, and Hohner uh, very well established. I can't give you the right answer. I know, of course, and this is what, what uh, Seidel is announcing, that they were established in 1847, so even 10 years uh, older than, than Hohner Company. But I know that especially in the area where Seidel is located in Klingenthal, there is a big business of musical instrument, a long history to do there. Maybe this is one reason why the harmonica industries started in, in, in Germany to influence the whole world. Of course, the original harmonica, pre-harmonica, was a Sheng. Yeah, the Chinese version. Chinese, yeah. right. But I'm really not sure why the industry for harmonica is so strong established in Germany. Possibly because of the history of musical instrument manufacturing in Klingenthal. So this could be one reason. Of course, there are there are other ones too these days. But but yeah, obviously very strong history in Germany there. So the Marine Band, which we touched on a little bit there, is uh, it's had its 125th anniversary in uh, 21. That became the uh, go-to choice for many blues players, certainly in America, didn't it? So you obviously got your distribution right in America at that time. Yeah, I mean, what is still the case, uh, we have a very big uh, uh, success 
and also big business in the US. I mean, there are a lot of harmonica players, of course, uh, blues players, country players. So we sell a lot of, of our tenor diatonic harmonicas into the US. Biggest market is still for, for us. The Marine Band, especially, you mentioned that uh, we had last year uh, the 125th anniversary of the harmonica, and we tried to do be very close to the real original uh, Marine Band 1896. So we did the, the cover plates, uh, especially the so-called Mickey Mouse cover flaps, so that they are very close to the original. And also the coloring of Pearwood Comb was very close to the original. This is really the icon, as you mentioned. A lot of these old uh, traditional blues players, Sunny Terry, Sunny Bear Williams. <laughs> This harmonica, because this was the yes, the only one which which Hono produced uh, at that time. Of course, there were some others, but especially uh, this one was an icon because of the wooden comb. Of course, uh, starting the production in uh, late 1900s, uh, there was of course no uh, plastic combs available because pl plastic was not established that much compared to these times. But uh, Hono, yes, they they start producing the marine band in 1896, and this was when uh, Jakob Hono, one son of uh, the founder Matthias Hohner, he made the patent for the, especially for the cover plate shape uh, and this was in 1896 so therefore this is the reason why we still call the Marine Band 1896-1896 because of the patent which then also happened and also agreed so that we have real the patent for the cover plate shape especially. So the Marine Band came out in 1896, as you say. Hona was established in and founded in 1857. So was the design of the 10-hole diatonic as we know it, when did that come about? Was it sort of started with the Marine Band or was, was it before then? No, this was, must be before. I'm not sure exactly uh, about when this uh, ten-hole diatonic harmonica, especially the tonal layout with the ten holes, was, was established. I mean, this was not Honor, as I mentioned. Um, Christian Mesner he pro also produced these kind of harmonicas before, and possibly also. I mean, there are some some names in the in the scenes that say, well, there was uh, Mr. Richter, because we also sometimes say not ten-hole diatonic or blues, how we also say Richter harmonicas, and this Mr. Richter possibly he was. The guy who implemented the tonal layout for ten hall diatonic harmonica. Yeah, so Mr. Richter, as you say, the, the Richter tuning, which we're all very familiar with, with the, with the ten hole diatonics. He was a German, right? As you've just said, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I hear many times discussions that that layout was selected because it suited kind of German folk music at the time. That, that's, that, that's true. Yeah, I mean, you you play normally. I mean, the after after uh, maybe in the 20th century, there was implemented then the harmonica, the Richter tuning to the blues. But normally, original, you play the harmonica like this. I have just here a C major harmonica. I can play a little bit of German folk music. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> So 
so it was a complete accident then that this Richter tuning just works so well for blues. I think, you know, we're, we're all kind of blown away by the fact that it was a kind of accident. Yeah, it was. So as far as you know, it wasn't designed intentionally to be able to bend the notes that suited blues so well in second position. Absolutely not. No, because this was, yes, a traditional folk music instrument, especially with this tonal layout, because you can play, especially in three uh, holes, the, the chords, nice chords. On a, this was a C major harmonica, so you can play all yeah. over the whole ten range the C major chords and on the three holes in the in the in the low end you can play then G sevens chords. So and then this was uh play the melody in the middle part of the instrument and then accompany yourself with this chord, nice chords on the on the low end of the instrument. This was the original intention. Like it's like some sort of magic coincidence, isn't it, that this just works so well for playing blues and, yeah. and other things, but obviously particularly blues with the diatonic is right. so strong. Yeah. You know, great bit of a history there of a uh, Holner and also as you say other harmonica manufacturers in Germany in the early days there. So uh, as far as you know, was the harmonica always a big seller, even from 1857? Uh, you know, obviously the harmonica's relatively cheap uh, instrument to buy, um, less so these days with the better quality harmonicas, but was the sort of business model, you know, sell as many as possible because they're relatively cheap and, you know, almost everyone can own one, right? Yeah, I mean, this is uh, the the reason, yes. You know, I mean, a harmonica was really a very cheap harmonica. If you uh, see old uh, advertising from Honor, there was a big uh, display where well, oh, the harmonica is just 20 cents. <laughs> so this, of course, many, many years before. But the harmonica was a cheap instrument and you can play music there. And yes, you have lonely evenings. You sit at, at home, nothing to do. So you can play simply uh, melodies on, on a cheap musical instrument and you can play great music on this musical instrument. So therefore, this was when Honor really starts to produce uh, many, many millions of harmonicas. We count since the beginning when Honor uh, started to produce the instruments at least many, many more than one billion harmonicas <laughs> Honor produced over the, this long tradition. Wow. You mentioned the Honor obviously got a very strong presence in the US as well. We get lots of listeners from the US. So what is the relationship with Honor US? You know, how, how does that work? Oh, pretty well. We had a long history and we had also fantastic colleagues over there. They do a brilliant job to introduce new products and of course also sell their, their existing model range. This is really fantastic because they are also some, some of them, of course, are music they know the scene and they also went a lot to uh, special exhibitions to special events like the spa convention every year they, they do a really very good job to sell the Honor branded harmonicas and of course also the other musical instruments from Honor just like the accordions because there's a big Latino scene especially in Colombia where we sell a lot of this diatonic uh, accordions over there so I mean this is not only uh, harmonicas uh, very strong in the US market but also with the accordions especially in middle part of uh, America so Colombia we sell a lot of diatonic accordions but all the manufacturing the factory is in Germany well we are producing let me say it this way the high class models are all produced of course here in, in trussing and all the parts like reed plates like cover plates like the some of the combs the entry level harmonicas we also have very good uh, cooperation partners uh, in Asian countries and they producing with original honor materials so German materials they are producing some of the replays over there which means nailing, uh, riveting, adjusting, tuning and then these replays come back uh, to Germany. We are doing the income inspection of all these uh, replays before we then do the end assembly then the real Hohner harmonica. So everything is controlled and also from quality level absolutely identical more or less with harmonica replays produced here in Trossingen itself. Important is that we also have a team of quality staff members who went always over
available to our facilities, which we have located in Asia, to control the, the quality. Are the tools still the, uh, in good shape? Are the people still the same people who we have trained in the beginning? And, and, and so there is a lot of things which we are doing to ensure that the quality of uh, parts which are produced in Asia have the real honor quality level, which we need, of course, also then to have the high quality honor harmonicas, which everybody loves so much. You did a, a presentation, an online presentation to the UK's Harping by the Sea Festival in 2021 and a really fantastic presentation. I'll put a link onto that, onto the podcast page so people can check that out. There's a factory tour in that which really gives a really great insight. You know, you see some of the some of the machines that you're using in your factory there. So yeah, I definitely encourage people to, to check out that video and really get a good view, uh, you know, video view of, of your factory and other things that, you, that you're doing there at home, which is a, it's a really great presentation. So well done on that. So about you, so you're the... Um, Obviously, you're the product manager for Harmonica. So what does that involve? Well, this involves, of course, a lot of things. This is uh, not only to say, well, I'm responsible for grab ideas from musicians uh, from the market side. So we, I'm very close in contact with a lot of musicians worldwide. And also, of course, with our dealers, because we, uh, Hono has a, a worldwide dealer network. And, uh, I grab all the information there. They are looking for special models. They are looking for special tunings. They would like to have different colors and and and. So this is the collecting of ideas to then establish and uh, do uh, the, the development of new products. This is one task. The other task is, of course, check out the, the quality of the instruments. So this is also quality control is one big task. And of course, also then to support our sales team to do uh, special harmonica lessons and to instructions to our dealers so that they know what they are selling every day so that if you go as a, as a musician into the shop, you definitely will get the, the correct model you are searching for, not that you would like to have a blues harp and then you go out of the shop and uh, got a echo harp like a tremolo harmonica for folk music so of course this is also very important and also to support our marketing team here with a lot of materials which they then can post over our social media so are you involved with coming up with new concepts for harmonicas well, I mean, concepts, this is also very interesting because uh, these days, especially a lot of people are asking or talking about breeze conditions because of the pandemic, because of Corona. So how can we do possibly some, some lessons to uh, strengthen our lungs? So this is also very often uh, we are asked about this. And then we talk also with musicians who already have these kind of concepts, whether we can support those people uh, with their concepts, maybe producing specialized harmonicas which fit better to their systems or to their things they are uh, promoting. So I think there's also a lot of things in this direction as well. Another part of your role is you get to travel the world and go to some fantastic harmonica festivals. So uh, obviously you go to, to Trossingen, the, the, the World Harmonica Festival in Trossingen. You go to Spa. Uh, you go to the one in Seoul. So um, uh, what, what's it like having to travel the world, uh, going to all these harmonica festivals, Gerhard? <laughs> this is uh, the, the nice job. Of course, beside the fact that you are very strong involved in all the activities uh, in the company itself at the factory, but of course, you also travel around the world to meet musicians, as I mentioned, to get their input, what they would like to have for future developments of harmonicas. And then, of course, you meet all these people uh, during uh, some special events. Yes, as you already said, that I went to spa conventions, I went to Seoul International Harmonica Festival, I 
was at several Asia Pacific harmonica festivals. There's really a, a huge crowd of different uh, harmonica activities, including then fantastic uh, concerts in the evening, also really very interesting and informative sessions and workshops. And of course, also a lot of these competitions, which is very, very interesting for Asian people because Asian people, they like to grab the opportunity to play in competitions. And this is also a really a strength of the World Harmonica Festival here in Trossingen, which is held all four years. Yes, I'm the president of the Federación Internacional de la Harmonica, which is the organizer of the world's biggest international harmonica festival here in Trossingen. Yeah, no, fantastic. And, I, you know, the festivals really show the diversity of music played in the harmonica. That's always incredible, isn't it? That such a humble instrument can, can play such a range of, uh, of genres of music. So uh, a little bit more about you then. So as I think you mentioned already, you've already given us a taste of some German folk music. <laughs> You're a player yourself. Are you mainly a chromatic player? I think um, you were part of the uh, the orchestra, as you mentioned earlier on, which is, is it the Horneklang Orchestra there in Trossingen? Yes, uh, um, in Trossingen born, and then you start playing the Horne musical instrument. I start playing harmonica because my father, he played himself the chord harmonica, the, the big chord uh, instrument, also in the Honoklang Orchestra. Yes, I uh, had lessons with a family uh, teacher at that time, Helmut Herold. He was a really a fantastic uh, player. He also has his own harmonica trio, uh, the trio Herold. I got lessons from him uh, many, many years, and then I start also to get a, what, not musical career, but I, I'm still a soloist at the Honoklang Orchestra, playing there a lot of nice, more modern style tunes, not classical style, but more jazzy style or more, yes, more modern music. Then I established also with three wonderful ladies my own harmonica ensemble. It's called Harmonica Mento. Yes, but basically I'm a chromatic harmonica player because this is when you start playing the harmonica in, in trossing and there are no teachers who train you to play the blues. So therefore, uh, there was no opportunity for me to play blues or different style of music. So therefore, uh, and everything is focused on the chromatic harmonica afterwards. So therefore, I started then my career as a chromatic harmonica player. And a very fine chromatic harmonica player you are as well, uh, Gerhard, I must say, from, uh, from listening. So as you mentioned there, you've, uh, you're part of the uh, harmonica mento quartet. There's two chromatics, a bass and a, and a chord, yeah, as, as per traditional uh, harmonica quartet. So you're, you're one of the chromatic players then, obviously. Yes. <laughs> yes, right. You don't play chord or, or bass yourself in the quartet? No, because uh, bass and chord are really blocked by by uh, nice ladies Brigitte Burgbacher and Birgit Käfer. I play the chromatic harmonica together with uh, a former world champion on chromatic harmonica, Katrin Gass. I also play a little bit blues there because we have one or two songs where also a blues harmonica, tenor diatonic is integrated into the song and I also play a little bit the harmonetta. Possibly you know this like looks like a typewriter machine yeah. and this is something I also play myself a little 
little bit. Yeah. yeah, well, great to hear that the uh, product manager plays uh, chromatic and uh, some diatonic and even a little bit of others. So um, your group, Harmonica Mento, won the group competition in Trossingen in, I think, in 1997, yeah? Well, yeah, yeah. It was not only Harmonica Mento, so not uh, the uh, three ladies and me, so four people. So this was a bigger group and mm-hmm. this uh, was already then also called Harmonica Mento because we played at this World Harmonica Festival the song called Harmonica Mento. This was a composition from uh, Hans Günther Kölz, also an accordion teacher here located in Trossingen, and he is still the conductor of the Hohenklang Orchestra. So we played this song Harmonica Mento at the World Harmonica Festival, won the first place in this, uh, I think, group category. And then, of course, this group, they have no further interest to, to play in this big formation. And then we say, well, would be a shame to, to stop uh, doing this. And then uh, there was uh, Katrin, uh, Birgit and Brigitte, and uh, they asked me, yes, also, would you like to join? So we have watered, and then we traveled all around the world already. So we played a lot of concerts in, in Germany, of course, and then in whole Europe. We also went over to Russia. We played concerts in St. Petersburg, in Moscow. We went over to Japan, played their concerts in, in Tokyo. We had a spa convention. <laughs> So we toured really worldwide with this quartet harmonica mento. No, oh, fantastic! Yeah, good, good for you. Yeah. So you were you've been the product manager for Hona though during pretty much all of this time you've been performing. I'm also performing, of course, not that much because uh, performing with Harmonica Mento and the orchestra, this is just uh, just for fun. It's a hobby. It's not an income. It's just really to yeah. to to play the instrument and also at least this also strengthen my position here as a harmonica player because I mean to be a product manager it's always very good especially for a musical instrument the product manager if you play the instrument you are the product manager for so if I if I can't play the instrument I can't touch whether this is a good one or this is a bad one or we have to change this one to get a better one so therefore it's always good uh, to play the instruments and then really to judge yes now we are on the right track this is the thing we are looking for of course also always talk Talking with musicians because we uh, got a lot of information from our uh, official Hona and RCs, professional harmonica players, and they also judge prototypes which we send out. Sometimes I travel around and present the prototypes to these musicians to get their feedback. And then if they say, well, you have to modify a little bit here and there, then we do so, so that we have really products uh, in the market and which completely fulfill the requirements, at least also of professional harmonica players. And then, of course, also for beginners and the advanced players. Yeah, it'd be great to hear that you're a de- good, dedicated player. Let's talk a little bit about the, the quality. So I, I had Rick Epping on the show uh, quite a number of epi- episodes back. So he was the original product manager for Honor in the US. So And he was quite pivotal in bringing the quality of, of uh, Honor harmonicas back up back then. And uh, obviously Joe Felisco, I think, got involved with that as well. And, you know, his customization and some of the techniques. And obviously, like Joe Felisco helped design uh, the Thunderbird harmonica. Right, so, right. you know, tell us a story around what happened in this quality bar being raised again for Hona. 
I mean, this was uh, right. I mean, you know, the, all the these customizers like Joe Feliska or Richard Slade, or they're also Joel Anderson from Sweden, which are really brilliant harmonicas at these days. And of course, we tried as a, a serious manufacturer, we always try to bring out the, the harmonicas at the highest quality level possible. But then, of course, you also have to, to check, well, it's a serious product. It's not a handcrafting thing, which everything can be exactly figured out. So you have to keep a, a certain quality level, of course, a high quality level for, for this year's production. And there, uh, Rick Epping, I know him very well because he was my colleague in the US. I was here in Trossingen. We worked together very close. And also when we established the manufacturing facilities in, in Asia, he also was strongly involved. He went over there together with me to really train the people over there because I also do some technical things. And it's not only that I'm a product manager or a harmonica musician. I also know all the, the technical stuff to produce a harmonica, especially their heart of the instrument, the replate. We did a lot of things together, Rick and I, and the quality level, as I mentioned, you have to be very focused to have a high level quality, but on a serious production level. You can do it even better, but uh, under serious uh, production conditions, it's very hard because it's too time consuming to do all the customizing things to bring the replate slots or the reads even closer to the slots so that the response is even better to adjust the re single read exactly like the, the players would like to have them. There's a lot of individualization in, in the preparation of a harmonica, especially for uh, top musicians. And yeah. we try our very best as a serious manufacturer to have the highest quality possible for serious. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I've said on, on the podcast many times, and talking to Bertram in the last episode from Seidel, that uh, the quality of harmonicas over the last 20 years is, is, is really gone up. It's very exceptional now. So, so well done in, in bringing the quality up. And I think that competition between you and other manufacturers probably help that and so so we mentioned customizers as well we mentioned some of them there. there's quite a lot of customizers now there's a kind of owner accredited customization scheme now as well isn't right. there, where you've got various people who are accredited to be customizers and and they produce what are quite expensive versions of of mainly diatonics and also the chromatics as well in some cases so the i think there's an interesting question for people listening what do they do above what horner can do obviously the, the it's handmade right that's the big difference between being mass produced in a factory that that's a big difference yeah yeah of course they are doing a lot of uh, special things to, to really to have uh, a special treatment on the reeds. Sometimes they, they polish the reeds so that they have a better surface uh, so that there's no reed breakage, no, uh, no uh, getting out of tune too fast. They do a lot of things, but as you have seen, possibly other people have seen the, the video which we took and sent out or the Harpen by the Seas festivals. I mean, there's still also as a, as a mass product producer like Honor, there is still a lot of handcrafting work inside, especially for example, nailing the individual reads onto the replates and also then the nailing, the riveting, the adjusting, the, the tuning, the valving on chromatic harmonicas, it's all done by uh, hand. So it's not to say, well, there's a big machine, there's a material put in the material and then the end you have the ready-made harmonica. No, it's not. It's really still a lot of uh, handcrafting work inside harmonica, independent of which manufacturer. Yeah, and it came across in that video, which I mentioned earlier, I'm going to post a link to that, you know, the people working in your factories, you know, they're, they're skilled employees, right? Yeah. That, that you that work there for a long time, right? They're not just people who sort of come into a factory and then, then leave after two years, right? No, no, no. Because you need, it's, it looks like so 
simple, but it's not. Uh, so you need really a certain period of time to get all the secrets behind how to fix a read onto a replay. I mean, this is not, not too easy to do if you will do it in a, in a high quality level, which we are doing. All these customizers, which you mentioned, they do a lot of things. They have sometimes they seal the whole original honocombs if they are out of wood. They offer set their own combs, which they are producing out of different materials. And of course, they do special treatments on the reads. Also, the, how they, they polish possibly also the, the, the replay surface and to, to make sharp edges so that the read response is even better. The adjustment of the single read very, very close to the replay surface to have then also a very good uh, workable uh, overblows on the instrument. And they are doing this mainly, as you mentioned, on tenor diatonics. Some of them also do some customization on chromatic harmonicas like uh, Joel Anderson from Sweden. He's also doing a lot of chromatic harmonicas these times and selling these uh, to our offering these to uh, Asian people because especially in the Hong Kong area but also in Japan and Singapore there are a lot of uh, chromatic very good trained and very well musicians uh, on the chromatic harmonica so I was discussing with Bertram in the last episode about obviously Seidel came out with steel reeds and I asked them why only Seidel had steel reeds so I think it's right the Hona don't have any steel reeds right so um, why is that we stick on the on the brass reeds because it's our opinion and it's also what we get confirmed all the time from worldwide known professional harmonica players. They say the Hono sound of the instruments are the best ones. The, the Hono sound is so warm, so special, so you can play the original music from all these old uh, blues fellows. Say. a real Hona reeds and the Hona brass materials. I think this is a reason why we are sticking on the, the brass reeds. And of course, also, maybe it's a little question of tooling because uh, doing the stainless steel reeds, of course, you can't do it the same way with our machinery because uh, the stainless steel is a too hard material. So you can't use our cutters to do the profile into the materials. So this is also one reason. But I think the main reason is people like the Hona sound. And this is uh, so typical and this is established since over 160 years. This is what really people love. And I, to be honest, as a musician speaking, I also like the Hono sound more than the stainless steel. These stainless steel reeds, they have, they are nice, but uh, to me personally, I like don't like the, the sound. It's too sharp, yeah, too clear. I like the more dull sound of the Hono reeds. Yeah. Yeah. And Bertram did mention the tooling that, you know, that they kind of started from scratch. They were able to then, you know, develop their tooling for steel reeds, which of course, you know, is an expensive process. So, yeah. So let's, let's just um, talk through the, the Horner catalog of, uh, of harmonicas, a uh, reasonably high level. So we won't go into tons of detail here. But so first of all, talking about your diatonic range. So uh, I'd say obviously your, your, the diatonic range is your, is your biggest seller, right? So we, we've already talked about the Marine Band and the 125 years. And there's very various versions of the Marine Band now. Obviously, we've got the standard. Marine Band for a long time. Then, then more recently, we got the Deluxe and the Crossover and the Thunderbird, which is the low versions. So, uh, yeah, what about that that Marine Band for you? Those those different uh, versions of the Marine Band. Yeah, I mean, we start of course in 1896 with a traditional Marine Band 1896, and then after many many years, also especially uh, I would say the last 
40 years or 30 years, we realize there is a lot of uh, people who are really doing uh, self-repair on the instruments. And then, of course, if you have an original Mariman 896 where all the parts are nailed, uh, so the replays are nailed on the wooden comb, the cover plates are nailed, the sandwich. So we said this is for service reasons. It's not the best to use nails and to, to fix all the parts by nails. So then we said, well, can we do a kind of a, a better version where all the parts are screwed? And then we brought out, beside the 1896, we brought out the Marine Band Deluxe Harmonica, where the replates are screwed on the wooden comb and also the couple plates are screwed. Now, this was a quite nice mood. What we also did, of course, we opened in the backside the couple plate shape. So if you look for on a Marine Band 1896, the couple plates in the backside are more closed. Now the Marine Band Deluxe covers are folded in, so there is more output of the sound in the backside of the instrument. And also that the comb is also especially sealed in the front side where your lips are on. So there's also a special gliding polishing or a special layer of lacquer on the top side so that uh, the instruments are better to handle, better to perform. So this is the reason why we also start then doing nailing. And then also we found out, well, we are always using the pearwood comb material for, for the marine bands. And then we figured out, well, you also maybe can use a different material. We tried out different wooden materials, but then we said, well, wood, okay, but is there anything else? And then we figured out, wow, great, maybe we can use bamboo. So this was the reason why we take out bamboo, because bamboo is a very hard material and also very stable when it's getting wet during humidity and, of course, also your saliva, which runs in the instrument. So we then uh, checked out, is it possible to, to use bamboo? And it was. Then this was the reason when we uh, brought out also screwed version of the Marine Band Deluxe, but with a bamboo comb, and then we called this model uh, the crossover harmonica. On your other main branch of diatonics, you've got what you call the progressive series, and this is the the sort of plastic-bodied harmonicas, right? right. So the, the Special 20, the Golden Melody, and then you also came out more recently with the Rocket, which is a sort of version of the Special 20. Right. What about the you know the plastic-bodied harmonica range? Yeah, I mean, after after the wooden combs, of course, a lot of people, they are asking for plastic combs because, especially beginners, we always say, well, if you are a beginner, you shouldn't start with a Marine Band 1896. Of course, this is the original one, but starting, there's a lot of saliva running in, inside the instrument so please check out a harmonica with a plastic comb then of course the working horse of hono is still the special 20 harmonica they sell a lot of these instruments especially in us but also worldwide and uh, after the special 20 of course we have the golden melody the only harmonica which we have is a, a tempered tuning then we found out that after because this uh, special 20 was implemented also in the 60s already and then we say well the comb design is not that perfect you have some edges which are not that comfortable to hold also when playing with your lips and then we try to have a better composition of comb and then we brought out the the rocket harmonica the replay is still the same so rocket replay and the special 20 replay are identical but the comb and of course also the cover plate shape is different compared with a special 20 to the rocket harmonica and the rocket comb i think this is really a very nice comb because everything is rounded so you have no sharp edges it's it's very comfortable to your lips also when holding it, I, th I think it's really a very well design of, of the comb. 
in the whole instrument. Also, the cover blade shape is uh, excellent. So we, I think it's a good harmonica, especially in the progressive line, where we have the special 20, the golden melody, and uh, then the rocket harmonicas. Yes, we have there three rockets. You know this. Possibly also our listeners <laughs> know this. We have the standard rocket harmonica where cover plates are also opened on the side. So the side bends are opened like on the marine bend. And then we have the rocket amp where the side bends are closed uh, to have more protection of the sound in the backside of the instrument. And then we have the rocket low. So some some of the low keys also is, uh, available for the for the plastic models like the rocket. So and then you've got a, a few more ranges that sort of MS series and, and the Enthusiast and the miniature in the diatonic. But moving on to to your chromatic, traditionally for for a long time you've had the the two seventy, which has been a, you know a long standing twelve yep. hole chromatic, which is a, again a very much a, a standard of the chromatic harmonicas. Was this a, kind of one of the original design chromatics released by Helner? I would say yes, because this is a very a long tradition. We had uh, celebrated the one hundredth anniversary of the chromatic harmonica, and this was very close from the design like the two seventy harmonica, which we still have. I think this is also the model what the big heroes on the chromatic harmonica like Larry Adler they they all played or I would say started with, with their career playing chromatic harmonica with the 270 Myself, I play also the 270, not the standard 270. I play the 270 Deluxe harmonica. This is a fantastic instrument, very handy. It's not a big size. Of course, you have three octaves, wooden comb, very warm, very smooth, very nice sound. It's, it's fantastic, especially playing this uh, light music. Of course, also the classical music and a little bit jazz because Toots Tielemans himself, he has uh, this year on the 29th, I think, April, his 100th birthday. And he play also the Honochromatics because we have two models in our line, the Melotone and the Hardbopper, Toots Tielemans models. Yes, the sound is so incredible. I came back to brass material for the reeds. I mean, this makes the difference. <laughs> yeah, you mentioned there uh, the Toots 100th birthday. There's actually a, a concert on his birthday on the April 29th in Belgium for worth giving a mention now. Although, interestingly, Gregoire Moray is playing the harmonica and, of course, he plays Suzuki harmonica. Yeah. <laughs> so that would be interesting because, of course, as you say, Toots plays the... Uh, there's two Toots models chromatics. Right. So it's interesting to hear that you play the 270 given the fact that Holner have a performance series of more expensive chromatics such as the Silver Concerto, the Amadeus, uh, the Meisterclass, and the Super 64. Yeah. Uh, and the A. So, like you say, you, you prefer the 270 still over those? Yeah. You know, I, I'm really bored with the 270 when I start playing the chromatic harmonicas and I, I stick there a little bit because I like the sound. Of course, also the sound of the other models are also incredible nice. But to me, personally, I like this wooden comb sound. I know there are a lot of discussions about uh, the material out from the comb did not make the difference. It's a cover plate shape and an end. Possibly they are all these guys are right, but to me, I prefer the, the wooden comb instruments. Of course, I also 
also own uh, Ace 48 and I also have the CX-12. I like the CX-12 very much, especially the jazz version. The sound is completely different, but I like the shape and also I like the construction of the CX-12. But I don't like the big ones because normally I, I can handle with three octaves starting with a C1. This is nice for me. I don't like need the low octave because I play in the orchestra as well as in the group. I play the first voice, so I don't need the low end <laughs> to play the second voice. <laughs> I'm the same. I think if you're used to the 12 hole, you know, playing that 16 hole is uh, is quite a challenge, isn't it? So yeah. uh, I'm with you there for sure. So, so yeah. And then we've touched on the orchestral harmonicas that Honer produced. So uh, Honer still are manufacturing chord and two versions of the bass, the, the 58 right. and 78. Yeah. So do you sell many of these? As you say, um, orchestral instruments are probably bigger out in the in the east. Yeah. So is that where you sell most of them? Chord and bass harmonicas, of course, you know yourself. I mean, there there was a big big scene in the in the 50s, 60s, 70s where a lot of uh, harmonica ensembles play chord and bass harmonicas, melody with a chromatic. This is shrinking, especially in the in in the US. If you go to spa convention and you see uh, the people there, they still play, but the average age is very old. So there, I think there's not a real young population coming up and playing this bass and chord harmonicas. In Asian countries, it looks completely different because I. I think this has something to do with the educational system. They play a lot of harmonica in, in schools and they also uh, offer their orchestras, harmonica orchestras, and also some ensembles and some groups. And there we sell really a lot of these uh, bass and chord harmonicas, especially in the Asian countries. And also they're focused on Hong Kong, Malaysia as well, also Taiwan, Japan and, and Singapore. So as well as these, obviously, Hona sell uh, tremolo harmonicas, which are, which are very popular in various places, octave harmonicas, beginner harmonicas. So you've got all these different different ranges. And on, on top of this, you sell various accessories. You've got some what look like some very good cases now. Your flex case for right. uh, 17, 18, or 48 harmonicas here look very good. I have one of your older cases, but I don't have one of these flex cases. It look very nice. Well, yeah, I mean, it's not only to say, well, you have a wonderful assortment of harmonicas. Of course, you also need a qualified uh, supporting uh, stuff like, like all the accessories which you are offering, and especially the the flex cases we uh, implemented them into the market i think yeah a few years before and uh, we have uh, started then in totally with three different sizes i think they are really great the the, the functionality is is fantastic the material is great uh, also the big one which you can use on stage uh, you have really a lot of space inside the, these cases to use for for tenor diatonics as well as also for chromatics and the tremolo octave and for in the big one you also can add some other great accessories from honor like the the harmonica microphone or it also fits the, the flex rack so the harmonica neck holder and, and stuff like this. So yeah I wanted to ask you about the, the microphone. So Holner uh, do uh, sell a, a, a dedicated harmonica microphone called the HB52. I think this is built on your previous Heart Blaster which you had out oh, 20 odd years ago isn't it? But uh, interested to, to see about this that this SE Electronics are a very well established quality right. microphone uh, producer. Yep. That They produce the element for the for this microphone right now obviously the element of, of harmonica microphones is the sort of holy grail so yeah I'd be interested to hear about the development
development of that element by SE Electronics? Well, this is uh, very special because, uh, to be honest, I'm not the expert in, in um, the microphones because they are not only producing the elements, they produce the whole, uh, the whole microphone. It's, uh, so there's nothing inside us except all the knowledge how the microphone looks like because they are very close together with a lot of professional uh, musicians to get the right size, to get the right weight of the, of the microphone and, of course, also to have the correct elements inside the microphone, especially, for example, Steve Baker. He was one of the guys who really helped a lot to the development process for this uh, microphone. And he himself, of course, plays now the, the microphone. Oh, he has still a lot of uh, microphones, uh, also custom-made ones, but he definitely prefers the new Hono microphone because he said the size is great, also the volume control on the backside. Uh, everything fits to his hands and he likes it very much. So I think this is really a fantastic development which we did together with SE Electronics. Yes. I saw Steve Baker talking about it, yeah, and it's um, it's smaller, isn't it, in, in, in the hand? It's slightly smaller than the, the original, the former Blues Blaster, yes. Yeah, I had a Blues Blaster, uh, what, 25 years ago or something. It was a good, a good microphone back then, I remember. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, no, great that uh, you've got that. Touching on Honer and Dorsey uh, players, right? So you've got lots of players w- which are Honer and Dorsey's, uh, lots of harmonica players all around the world. I'll, I'll put the link on to the page, the podcast page, so people can see them. People from, from all over, obviously, pick a few names out. You've got, you've got Bonnie B, who's a, is a Swiss player, and some fantastic stuff. Why do you choose the endorses that you do? Well, I mean, endorses are always very important to spread out the brand. Uh, we have mainly these really big, fantastic, most professional harmonica players worldwide. And they play the Honor instruments, they play on stage, and they also do some promotions. They do uh, social media posts and say, well, listen, uh, I play the Honor, blah, blah, blah. So <laughs> this is a good promotion for the brand. But of course, also, it helps us to be close to these endorsers, to, uh, as I mentioned before, to get their feedback, what they are looking for, especially do quality modifications on the existing product line. I think this is really worthwhile to do so. We also then uh, start inviting those people to come to Trossing and to play at the World Harmonica Festivals. And then we also give a kind of what? Sponsoring to these players to be a part of the Asian Pacific Harmonica Festival, to go to SPA. We are also doing sponsoring of these big events, especially to send over musicians to this event to, to really bring their musical program to a even higher level with these professional musicians. Yeah, and again, some great players in, in that list. Um, yeah, you people to check out all the names in there. Yeah, it's great to see them spreading the word of the harmonica there. <laughs> Another thing which which Honor offer is the is the C shop, which is where you can buy parts for Honor harmonicas, and then you can do your own maintenance by replacement parts, reeds, the body combs, etc., etc. So this is quite a long established website now, isn't it, where people have been able to buy parts for for a number of years? Yeah, I think right now we are just because uh, the design of the and also the handling of the former C shop was not that perfect because uh, all the uh, industry, especially the internet uh, shops, and they go further and further 
proposal. So we are right now taking out a new version of the C shop. Of course, the content would be the same. You still can order all the different parts of harmonica, like sets for reeds or cover plates, combs, everything, sliders for chromatics, valves. You can get all of this, but uh, we just uh, prepare a better design of the shop and also a better handling. So this is just in preparation. And I think this is very important because if you look for other brands, I mean, this is very often, yes, you can get the harmonicas possibly on an online shop or maybe on a located dealer in your country. But if you need a service, and then this is always more or less a disaster. If you have a Chinese brand or some of the Japanese brands, it's even no way that you get spare parts for those models. Even you can't find somebody who can handle to do the service on a broken reed or whatever. And this is really a strength of the Hono brand because we can send in harmonicas, very old-fashioned harmonicas, and we mainly are always able to do the service and the reconstruction of the really old harmonicas because sometimes you have what a harmonica played already by your grandfather. You would like to have exactly this harmonica, but uh, there was something broken. Maybe the cover plates are not that nice. So we can do all the uh, repair work on these old harmonicas. And uh, I think this is also very important as a harmonica manufacturer that you are offering a very good, brilliant service. You sell the spell parts to people who are looking for spell parts. And this is always and was always a strength of, of the Hono brand. You know, great, yeah, and great to see, uh, you know, people can maintain and, and uh, improve the harmonicas that they've already bought. You're not just looking to sell new ones all the time. So, yeah, it's, uh, that's good to see. So, um, I mean, one thing, again, we touched on it a little bit with the World Harmonica Festival in Trossingen, which happens every four years. You've also got the, the Masters Workshop. So, last year was the World Harmonica Festival was online in uh, in 2021. There, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, normally we have the history of the World Harmonica Festival uh, all four years. It starts in 1987, I think this was the first one, this series of World Harmonica Festival, which is the biggest international one with which a lot of competitions and uh, even in concerts, we have a lot of workshops uh, established in the program. Also, you can, of course, uh, join the factory tour of the Hono Company and you can go to the Harmonica Museum, which is a fantastic exhibition. What we're also offering in Trossingen, uh, this is every year, except the year when the World Harmonica Festival is held, we have the Harmonica Masters workshops. Yes, made by Steve Baker. We did this uh, many, many years already. Very successful. And this year, we also have the Harmonica Masterclass workshops uh, uh, from the 8th to the 12th of June this year. Also in Trossingen, we have a lot of and um, very experienced teachers. And of course, Joe Felisco from US, Steve Baker himself. We have Joel Anderson from Sweden. We have Markus Koll from, from original Spain, living in Berlin right now. Jason Ritchie's there for the first time. I think this time is yeah this is the first time that jason show up here and because he's not that often in europe so therefore there's very good opportunity to, to meet him also to grab some musical insights from him during the workshops and of course also then uh, check out his concert in one of the evening of course um the, the master's workshop this year that's usually in november isn't it but it's in june this year so um are there still places for people to book on that yeah, some of the workshops are already very, very close to booked out. So especially with Jason Ritchie and Joe Velisco, uh, I think possibly they have uh, maybe a handful uh, space for, for additional uh, participants. Uh, there are also some others fantastic from the program, especially the workshop from Markus Koll. Check out the webpage for the uh, Harmonica Masters workshops. I'll put the link on the, on the podcast page. Yeah. So a question I ask each time, God, is if you had 10 minutes to practice, what would you spend those 10 minutes doing? Uh, at this moment, I only can 
talk uh, to, to chromatic harmonica players because I'm not that familiar with this ten, tenor diatonic harmonica players. For chromatic harmonicas, first of all, no question. Also, a good hint for tenor diatonic players, please warm your harmonica. The difference, uh, cold instrument, warm air, it's, it's too much. So please hold your harmonica for a few seconds before you start playing the instrument. As a chromatic harmonica player, I would say, yes, start in the middle position, play a simple major scales, play a G major scale. So simply play scales when doing this. And then, of course, also uh, check out that you are, especially chromatic harmonica players, that your slide mechanism works well and also that you are able to have the correct presence exactly when you need the slider. I can just give an example. I have to just do some, some practice things which I'm doing when I have 10 minutes to start playing, performing with a basic group. very simple how I start playing the harmonica. Of course, then afterwards I also then play the songs like for example this one. This is a favorite tune I always play because this gives me personally a good mute <laughs> to play the harmonica. What's the name of that song? In German, it's called Ich war noch niemals in New York. So I never went to New York. This is a song uh, by Udo Jürgens. This is a singer, but I perform, or we, the orchestra perform a lot of his songs in the orchestra. And this is one of the songs. I never went to New York. Very nice to play. Well done, Gerhard. <laughs> Clearly, you're, um, I expect you play only Holner harmonicas, do you? Absolutely. You never try out the competition. Well, of course I do, yes, uh, to really to have the comparison to know how they are better than ours. And uh, lucky thing is I never found out that they are better than than, than ours. Really very proud to be the product manager for Honor because uh, the, the instruments are, to me personally, and also a lot of players around the world, they are the, the best choice to use. So you've already said you play the 270s, your chromatic of choice. Do you play just in the key of C? Yes. Yeah. And do you ever play any different tunings? Not really, because, you know, I mean, I play the standard tunes. I also, in, in jazz, uh, I play normal ones. I know that there are a lot of things you can do, especially if I look for Brandon Power. He's doing a lot of crazy, funny uh, tunings himself to play then his kind of music. Wonderful. But to me, I I stick with the standard uh, C major scale uh, on, on the chromatic harmonica. That's it. What about diatonics? Do I, what diatonics do you like to play? I really like the, the marine bands here, especially the marine band deluxe and the crossovers, but I also like the uh, rocket harmonica because of the really very attractive round shape of the comb and also the sound. I like the sound of the rocket very much. I don't play a lot of these uh, modular system harmonicas like Usar, Pro Harp or Meisterclass, big river harps. I prefer to, to play the progressive line or the marine band line. What embouchure do you like to use? I play a uh, pucker. And when you're performing, clearly you're, you're playing more in orchestras and you're playing uh, chromatics. So are you playing just with a, an acoustic microphone? 
Yes, yes. So we have a Shure SM58. I think this is the standard which we are using. Yeah. And you, you stand off that you don't hold it? But I have a, on a stand, yes. Sometimes I use also hand. If I play more jazzy style, then of course I have the harmonica, the microphone in my hands. But normally if I perform together with my group, with harmonica mento, then of course the microphones are located or are fixed on a stand. And do you use any amplification or are you using a PA, a clean amplification? Well, this is a good thing because when we go on stage, we always have have a very good technicians with us <laughs> so they have the whole whole system which fits to our music to our style we own our own system of course we also use a lot of stuff of the orchestra which we can use or which you are allowed to use but we also have uh, our own equipment which we can use then when going on stage and have gigs around the world and what about any effects no effects no like the poor harmonica sound if you do a lot of a lot of effects you lose the real the, the quality and the originality of of, of the harmonica sound, I think. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, so final question then. So about the pandemic, um, how was the pandemic for uh, Hona Harmonicas? You sell more during that time? The funny thing is, I have to say more or less yes, because uh, people have more time because a lot of people, they, they sit uh, at home, so they are not allowed to go out or at least to work outside. So they have home office. They had more time. And uh, we had the feeling that the business in these difficult times for everybody was was not that bad for Hona uh, Harmonicas, also accordingly. It was quite a night business for us. Of course, uh, also very difficult was to really, and this is uh, the material supply, this also uh, tackle us. So, so we had some some problems to, to get the material at the right time, so to produce the big demand for our instruments. But in general, I would say, yes, as bad as the situation with COVID for special musicians was, for the industries, music industries, especially harmonicas, uh, it was not that bad, yeah. No, good to hear. And it brought some some joy to people during those uh, troubled days. So that's uh, great to hear. Yeah. So thanks so much, Gerhard Muller, for joining me today. Yes. Thank you so much, Neil, for for the invitation. I hope that, yes, you got a lot of insight from Hona and, of course, also from Gerhard Muller in person. It was really fun to to be your, your guest. And thank you so much for the invitation. Thanks so much, Gerhard, for joining us and the Hona company for describing their wonderful range of products. Thanks to Robert Sawyer for making a second donation to the podcast, the first person to make a second donation. Thanks so much, Robert. And everyone, please check out the Harmonica Happy Hour podcast website. You can find all the previous episodes. It's over now to Gerhard to play us out with the Frenzy Loza. (laughs) 